from MPB Think Radio, this is Creature Comforts. It's the show all about your animals and the animals around you. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield's out this week. We do have a guest in studio. It's the outreach specialist for Wildlife Mississippi, Bruce Reed. The bald eagle is our national bird of the United States with its majestic appearance and commanding call. It's a symbol of freedom and independence, and it's also the topic of our show today. You know where to see bald eagles in Mississippi or maybe how to spot a bald eagle nest. Stay tuned this hour. We'll talk about those questions and more about this mighty bird of prey. You can join the conversation this morning with your phone calls. The number is 1-877-MPB-RING. It's 1-877-672-7464. Send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. You're listening to Creature Comforts from MPB Think Radio. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio, the show all about your animals and the animals around you. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. Libby Hartfield, the retired director of the Mississippi Museum of Natural Science, is out this week, but we do have a guest in studio. It's the outreach specialist for Wildlife Mississippi, Bruce Reed. The bald eagle is our national bird at the, of the U.S. with its majestic appearance and commanding call, a symbol of freedom and independence, and also the topic of our show today. Uh, do you know where to see bald eagles in Mississippi or maybe how to spot a bald eagle's nest? Stay tuned this hour. We'll talk about those things and much more about this mighty bird of prey. Also, Dr. Major is here ready for any pet questions that you have. You can join our conversation with a phone call. The number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464 or send us an email animals at mpbonline.org always like to remind you that if you miss creature comforts on thursday there is a repeat broadcast of the program it's saturday mornings at six so good morning gentlemen how are you doing this morning good, good morning good morning uh bruce always good to have you in studio with us uh, if you could remind us a little bit about the mission of wildlife mississippi uh yes thank you good morning the um Wildlife Mississippi is a, a charitable nonprofit conservation organization uh, that is based in in Stoneville, Mississippi, and the mission really is uh, primarily uh, on the ground uh, conservation, habitat restoration, and protection. Uh, but we also engage in in uh, nature based education, in uh, helping develop conservation policies. Uh, and then uh, providing some outdoor recreation opportunities uh, for the population around the state. And we, we do work statewide and, and uh, have been doing that since uh, 1997. So this is our 20th year. And what are some of the things that you do as outreach specialist? Um, really helping promote the mission of the organization and, and membership. Uh, I do engage in, in uh, helping with grant writing uh, website development, uh, photography, videography. So it's really documenting the work, uh, helping uh, portray or convey that work to our members and, and others. Um, and uh, so I do a lot of writing and photography and, and, and all kinds of stuff. Uh, grant writing. You, uh, you are, I'm sure, fondly thought of by your colleagues. If you, if you do that, I was involved in, in a grant once, and it's, uh, it's, it's not a lot of fun. <laughs> 
No, but it's like anything. It's telling a story of uh, why we need to do this, why is it important, and uh, so it's persuasion. Very good. So, Dr. Major, how are, are things uh, at the clinic? Everything's good. Uh, uh, a lot of people in South and Southwest Jackson are trying to prepare for this mm-hmm. water turnoff, and uh, I would encourage people to put aside a store of water for their pets uh, just to be sure. And uh, to kind of follow, hopefully this will be a short thing, but we never know until it's till it's over. So. Yeah, yeah. Here uh, in Jackson, dealing with that, and I, I thought I heard on the local news that as they were trying to fix one of the main uh, water pipes that had uh, broken, that another one did. So yeah, it's right. uh, hopefully uh, for folks here in the Jackson area, uh, it will not be uh, too long, and that things will be back to normal before too much longer. That thing is with all this uh, uh, somewhat unseasonably warm weather we have. I guess maybe things picking up. Uh, I can imagine dogs, sort of maybe that have been cooped up throughout the colder months of the winter, finally glad to get out and about so uh uh has it been has it been busy it's been, it has been busy and a lot of it has to do with uh the fact that hey we're good to get out in the yard and uh do some things uh we do see more accidental type things this time of year because of pets being out more uh people either letting them out of the yard uh getting hit by a car or getting into a fight we hope none of that will happen and uh try to keep your pets safe and know where it is at all times that it really helps whether it's a dog or a cat also you know in in defense of cats uh, that are sometimes uh, thought to be rather standoffish i will say that uh, (laughs) if you ever have to leave your cat for an extended period of time i was out of town for about a week recently and uh, he was very friendly to me. He he came up and he was you know wanted to be around me and I I could really tell uh, that things had changed because uh, he wasn't biting me. <laughs> it took about a week and then I bent down to scratch him and he didn't like it and so he immediately latched on and I thought okay uh, we're back to normal but it's, it's, it's over yeah <laughs> and you know cats cats especially are funny about uh, going to somebody if you have a room of people or four or five people and you have a cat. A lot of times that cat will pick out the person that they don't that they don't like cats and <laughs> go to that person first. I'm not sure exactly how that plays out, but uh, we see that all the time. But uh, yeah, cats cats have a way of uh, missing us, but also he may not be through. He may get you back <laughs> for a while. That's right. They they miss you, but they they still let you know who's in charge around the household. Looks like we got a couple of callers, so why don't we start uh, with our friend Timothy in Louisiana? Good morning, Timothy. Good morning, y'all. What do you have for uh, us? Well, I got a, a I got a, a short tale about uh, eagles. Uh, when I first moved back to the bayou, <laughs> I was driving down my gravel road and I see a caracara a black vulture, a turkey vulture, and a bald eagle all at the same carcass. <laughs> and, you know, I think that the bald eagle is a, just a bird with a, a dang a dang good press agent, you know. <laughs> but it, I, I've seen them more. You know, I've seen all those lovely catch trout and everything shot, but I've seen them more on dead carcasses than I have doing anything like that, you know. Yeah, they I do. Go ahead. I got I got a question for you about northern harriers. Okay. When I lived on the west coast, I would only I would see harriers all year long. Okay. In, in southern California, same latitude we're at here, and you know, and yet here I only see them in winter. Right. It's a primarily, and I, and I actually looked at this the other day, and I don't know why, but the. 
I think they're spotty nesting records, but in Mississippi, they and uh, in, in the mid latitudes, most of the country, they're uh, a wintering bird, nesting up, you know, into Alaska, into Canada, and then uh, I'm actually looking at a range map in California. There's sort of a year-round population, but they are beautiful yeah, birds. They're very strange. You know, they lived in the marsh. Uh, they, you know, I mean, I, I saw them nest every year. You know, and but. Exactly. I mean, we're within like two minutes of latitude of the, you know uh, where I saw them nesting in, in Southern California. Well, I just got back from San Francisco, actually visiting my son who lives out there, and uh, you know it's sixty degrees all year long. <laughs> it's it's yeah. a lot different climate, um, you know, than it is here. So uh, they can survive uh, in some places all year long. All right, uh, Timothy, thanks uh, for calling. Always good to hear from you. Uh, let's stay on the phone lines. Off to Long Beach we go. Frank on the line. Good morning, Frank. Good morning. Can you hear me okay? Yeah, go ahead. Hearing system. Sure, go ahead. Uh, my question, my dog <clears throat> excuse me, has some serious problems with the teeth. And the vet has told me I'm going to have to have it you know, clean, which is about 300 bucks, which is her me on the you know, wallet. Um, I've been treating it with toothpaste, hydrogen peroxide, and some dental. Is there any way to avoid that necessity of having the teeth cleaned, or is that a given that I'm going to have to do that with the dog? Okay, let me ask a couple of questions. Number one, yeah. what kind of dog is it? It's a corgi. A corgi? And how old is it? Uh, it was a rescue dog from Seattle. Okay. Probably, we think, uh, about seven years old, eight years old. It sounds like you're making pretty good progress as far as, as cleaning the teeth yourself. However, if it has heavy tartar, heavy plaque, I would definitely recommend going and have a dental done and then do your preventive maintenance to prevent this from happening again. If this dog right. will let you brush his teeth, uh, that's a big start. But it's very difficult to uh, remove a lot of that heavy plaque or buildup and really what happens with the plaque is that that gum line starts to recede and you get root exposure, which has no uh, real enamel on it, and then you start to lose teeth. So I would recommend doing exactly what you're doing, plus have the teeth cleaned, okay? All right, I appreciate that. I'd like to relate to the problem of the uh, recede, and I have that problem myself. I understand. <laughs> it can happen. Yes, sir. Thank you. Thanks for your call, Frank. Uh, this is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. We're visiting today with the Outreach Specialist for Wildlife Mississippi, Bruce Reed. Primarily, we're going to be talking about bald eagles this morning, but I think uh, Bruce might be able to handle some other bird questions as well. Dr. Major's here ready for pet questions, so the number is one eight seven seven mpb ring Our phone number is one eight seven seven six seven two. 7464. You can send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. So in addition to talking about eagles, uh, what about uh, what is known as the Mississippi Flamingo? Bruce, could you tell us a little <laughs> bit about that? Um, yeah, informally. that I, I think uh, someone was reminding me that the, there was a story, maybe I was quoted in on uh, Rosette Spoonbills, uh, which is a very striking bird um, in breeding plumage, uh, nice and pink, uh, kind of looks like a flamingo with a, a spoon-shaped bill, uh, one of our wading birds. But in, in Mississippi, they come really from the south uh, as a post-breeding northward uh, migration. 
starting around July, uh, so July into September. And uh, those birds have been increasing in numbers. They're probably coming primarily from Louisiana and Texas. Um, and that movement of birds along with uh, wood storks, thousands and thousands of uh, herons and egrets and, and other birds, is up the Mississippi River in a post-breeding time to take advantage of all the food, uh, fish and, and uh, invertebrates and things like that that are along the Mississippi River it's a, as it's receded. We need to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to continue talking with our guest, Bruce Reed. Dr. Major's here, ready to take some pet questions. A reminder of our phone number, it's one eight seven seven mpb ring That's one 672 7464 Email the show, animals at mpbonline.org. Back with more Creature Comforts after this. Podcasts of your favorite MPB Think Radio programs are available now. With any podcast app, you can search, subscribe, and never miss a second of MPB Think Radio. Welcome back to Creature Comforts. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. We're visiting today with Bruce Reed, who's the outreach specialist for Wildlife Mississippi. We're going to be primarily talking about bald eagles this morning, but uh, I think uh, we'll try to help out with any kind of bird-related questions. Also, Dr. Major's here if you have a question about your pet. Some open phone lines at one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one 672 7464. You can email the show animals at mpbonline.org. So, Bruce, I saw some ducks at the uh, pond where I walk on uh, at the park in Pearl uh, every afternoon, and they, um, it was funny to me also because they had planted themselves right sort of in the center of the, uh, of the walkway, which is kind of unusual, but they all had their beaks tucked into their feathers. Is, is that a way of, of keeping warm, or what, 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 what sort of behavior is that? I'm not a duck expert, but it might just be sleeping. Okay, <laughs> just a comfortable way to grab a, grab a nap. All right, yeah. very, very good. Uh, we've got some calls on the line, so let's uh, start with uh, Paul in Vicksburg. Good morning, Paul. Good morning. What do you have for us? Well, I just want to tell you uh, what happened to me or, or my eagle experience a couple of years ago. I was uh, I was coming up Highway 27 from Crystal Springs and headed to Vicksburg, and I crossed the, uh, I guess that's the Big Black River a few miles south of Vicksburg there. Right. And uh, anyway, I, I, I made that right turn a couple of miles after I crossed the river. The highway kind of swings right, and uh, there's a huge open field there, several hundred acres. And uh, this this big bird swooped down, and he was right in front of my my truck and and flying low, you know, just uh, just just maybe a couple of feet higher than my truck. And I I at first thought it was a maybe a buzzer had spotted something on the road or side of the road. He was going to try to you know go down and and get to but uh i realized it was not a buzzard because his wingspan was wider than my truck and uh so then i noticed he had a white tail and uh as i said he was flying pretty low and i, I got to worried about if, if uh if another you know if uh, uh like an 18 wheel or something came up the other side he might hit his wing or something so i kind of started blowing the horn a little bit and he he raised up just a little bit 
and uh, and he turned his head. Now he's a couple of feet above the right side of my my passenger side of my windshield, and he turned his head and looked at me with that big old golden eye. I mean, it was a bald eagle. It was, it was just an amazing experience. Uh, and I I talked to a few people in Dixburg, and they said, yeah, there was some that nested down there on the big black. Yeah, I, I think. But, go ahead. But anyway, that's all I wanted to say. It, it was. I, I'm 61 years old. Never seen anything like that in my life. Hmm. <laughs> well, that's the interesting thing about eagles is it sometimes surprises me because we we do have quite a few in Mississippi, and maybe I grew up seeing uh, a lot of eagles and so forth. I grew up on the Chesapeake Bay, but uh, everybody who sees one, I think, is impressed, um, and it's a memorable experience, and that's. That's the good thing about something as striking as an eagle because there are a lot of memorable experiences you can have besides that in nature, and I'm sure you've had them. All right, Paul, thanks for your call. Uh, this is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio, visiting with outreach specialist for Wildlife Mississippi, Bruce Lee, Bruce Reed, and we're talking about bald eagles. Yeah, Bruce, I'll say even seeing eagles in a zoo is is impressive. So you can imagine when out there in, in nature, it, it really is a remarkable sight. And you uh, have taken some really stunning pictures uh, recently. We're going to post some on our website. Uh, tell us a little bit about trying to, to capture uh, an eagle uh, like that. And uh, I imagine it's a, sort of a challenge for a photographer. Yeah, and I'm I, I'm not a professional photographer. I am in a sense, I guess, and I take pictures for work. But uh, I've always been interested in photography. And, and in fact, I've always been interested in learning how to take pictures of something like birds in flight, things that are moving and uh, finally have a a half decent lens, uh, but it's it's a lot of it's a whole nother realm of photography to really to try to capture things that are moving fast, and uh, it's very enjoyable. But I, I like a challenge, and um, I like to learn all my life. Very good. Uh, back to the phones we go. We'll start again in Wiggins. Michael has called in today. Good morning, Michael. Hey, good morning, guys. Hey, uh, uh, a quick comment and a question. Um, I saw on. I, I haven't seen any eagles in Mississippi. I just moved here. I live in Wiggins, but uh, where is a good place to tune spot uh, eagles in uh, the state? Uh, what county? They're pretty widespread throughout the state. Uh, we have about 100 nesting pairs. Uh, this time of year is the time that they're actually on the nest. Um, most nests in Mississippi would be having uh, young birds in them. They've already hatched. But in the winter in particular, uh, around any large reservoir, be it Ross Barnett, um, the lakes up north, um, along the Mississippi River, but also on the coast, uh, I think eagles are pretty common, uh, commonly seen throughout the Pascagoula River system. So for Wiggins, it's not too far to the coast. Um, you know, you can go online uh, in one sense. There's a sort of a real-time bird sighting a site called ebird.org, and you can actually search for bald eagles, and it would give you all the recent sightings of that particular species or any species. So it's a very neat site to uh, to see what people are reporting real time, uh, and there are millions of observations, so ebird.org is good. You can go on, uh, you know, there are different Facebook pages. There's a Mississippi Wildlife and Nature Photographers page, and there are people... Photographing eagles, uh, there is in fact a nest up in Lake Caroline that I haven't seen, but it's near a public road, so people are going and photographing and witnessing 
you know, the young uh, growing up in that nest. Uh, but to see large concentrations, it's just sort of being aware of where they are uh, at what time of year and, uh, you know, trolling through social media and things like that. So you could you could get it. And, uh, you know, there are uh, bird sites like the uh, Mississippi Coast Audubon Society and the Pascagoula River Nature Center and things like that where they they would have knowledge uh, as well. I think there's uh, multiple nests down along the coast, for example. All right, Michael. Yeah. There, go ahead. There's a, uh, yeah, there's a uh, permanent nest of all places uh, on the north side of the spillway leaving New Orleans. I've, uh, there's uh, fledgings there that I spotted also. I have a question, a quick a veterinary question about uh, uh, coronary heart, uh, excuse me, uh, congestive heart disease in canines. How much discomfort does that cause in, in a dog? I have a nine-year-old uh, Belgian Malinois with CHD that's on uh, Interparil and Siloxetine and a uh, bronchial dilator. How much discomfort is she in? Well, it, it really depends on, uh, number one, amount of exercise. Number two, if there's ascites, which is uh, uh, swollen abdomen, uh, which occurs sometimes, uh, that can be very uncomfortable. Is she managing it pretty well, though? Is she uh, is the dog? Yeah, uh, her heart associated uh, uh, normally and her uh, abdomen is, is also uh, palpated normal, normally. Okay. She has uh, 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 just a lot of heavy panting and coughing. Right. Uh, I would continue doing what you're doing. You may need to try to get something else. Is she on any Lasix or diuretic? Yes. Okay. Yeah, uh, and a pill and sulfatine uh, and uh, the, the bronchial dilator. You might. What about vet med? Is she on vet med? No, sir. Okay, you might talk to your vet about that. It might add to the effect of the enalapril and other medications. It's called vetmedin. All right, Michael, uh, thanks for calling in this morning. Good luck to you. Uh, This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. So, Bruce, you mentioned 100 nesting pairs uh, of bald eagles in the state of Mississippi. Is that on the incline or so is are we optimistic about uh, the bird uh, the uh, goal of the the bald eagle population we are um and i talked to recently to nick winstead the state ornithologist at the museum of natural science and his assessment is that the eagle population is stable and increasing uh you know i remember and and i've been here since 95 but it, it the early 80s is when the uh in mid 80s really when the eagles started coming back after the banning of, of DDT and other similar chemicals. So it hasn't really been that long. And um, Eagle was taken off the endangered species list in the lower 48 in 1995. And now we've gotten up to where, you know, we have a, a pretty good and expanding population of eagles in Mississippi. And I think in the, in the non-breeding time, we, we really have potentially uh, hundreds of birds uh, in the state, they're, they're very nomadic and mobile birds throughout North America. Back to the phone lines we go. We'll start again in uh, Pickens County, Alabama. Melanie has a question. Go ahead, Melanie. I have a pet question. I have a, a dog that I got from the shelter. He's probably about four or five years old, just a mixed breed. Um, and he obsessively licks his front leg so much that it makes a raw area. Yes. The only thing that we have found that helps would be to let him wear the cone collar for a while to get it well, but when you take it back off, he's right back to it. Any this, suggestions? This is a very frustrating problem. Uh, usually uh, <clears throat> the names that are given to that are 
acral, A-C-R-A-L, dermatitis, or a lick granuloma. Uh, in most cases, it starts to become raised and possibly infected. Uh, there may have been an old injury to that leg before you actually adopted the dog. If you look online or talk to your vet, there are a lot of different uh, potential remedies. Uh, the cone is one of those. If you wrap it, uh, put a wrap on it, uh, it gets better, but then you take it off, the dog starts right back again. Some recommend uh, some mood changers. Uh, by that, mood changers such as Elevil, uh, possibly phenobarbital, and also to change the, uh, I guess we'd say enhance the uh, environment of the dog, trying to take his mind off of that. Usually it's a front leg, but also it can be a back leg, and it seems to be a very attractive thing for them to lick when they're laying down. So uh, there are varying things that you can do, and I would suggest trying them. Uh, talk okay. to your talk to your vet about that, and hopefully you can get some good results. Okay, thank you so much. Yes, ma'am. Thanks for the call. Uh, let's get one more call in before the next break. So we talk to Robert and Florence. Good morning, Robert. Good morning. Go ahead. Yes, uh, I was just wondering. I have a bluebird in my bird house that he's dead. Uh, it looked like he just started building a nest, and he's dead in there. I didn't know if I needed to report anything about that or, or what. Uh, I, I wouldn't think so. Um, you know, mortality among small birds is is extremely high, um, and there are many reasons birds can die. Okay. Um, but, it, you know, a, the good thing about bluebirds is they are pretty numerous, and maybe you'll get a another pair back, and, uh, you know, they can even nest several times during the year. So right, hopefully right. it's not the last bluebird you'll see. All right. right. Okay. Thanks for your call, Robert. Time for another quick break. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center, ready to take your pet questions. We're visiting today with the outreach specialist for Wildlife Mississippi, Bruce Lee, Bruce Reed, and we're talking about bald eagles. We'll be back with more of the program after this. and music is MPB Music Radio. From classical to bluegrass and everything in between, MPB Music Radio has a sound for every ear. For information on where to find MPB Music Radio, visit mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. It's Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. And our guest today is Bruce Reed, who is the Outreach Specialist for Wildlife Mississippi. We're talking about bald eagles, but also Dr. Major is here ready to talk about your pet, any questions you have about your pet's health. So the number to call, we've got some open phone lines. It's 1-877-MPB-RING. 1-877-672-672. 
7464. Send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. So, Bruce, what sort of uh, habitat do bald eagles like? Uh Primarily, uh, you're going to find them around what I would call big water, uh, reservoirs, lakes, uh, the Mississippi River, a prime example. They, they do like uh, tall trees, uh, particularly for nesting. Uh, so the, really the million acres of forest along the uh, lower Mississippi River south of the Ohio is perfect kind of habitat with a lot of mature bottomland hardwoods. Uh, they will nest in large pines, uh, so you'll find them around Ross Barnett and so forth. But uh, they're, they eat uh, mainly fish, but they really eat a lot of different things, uh, carry-on and small mammals and waterfowl. Uh, but they, they seem to like being somewhat near uh, a big big body of water. And also, if I remember correctly, the, the nests are, are quite impressive. Yeah, they can be uh, like the size of a, a Volkswagen Beetle. Um, <laughs> and and if the nest isn't knocked down by a high wind, uh, you know, they can be building upon it every year. I think you can basically have a, a nest uh, that's been there a while weighing a couple of tons. Wow. Uh, so you need a big tree and a big fork and a tree, and then eventually that tree may be struck by lightning or something, and they'll build somewhere else. And um, what about uh, uh, offspring? How many uh, uh, is that usually? Usually it's uh, one or two. Um, It's pretty rare, I think, that it's more than that. Uh, But it's, uh, you know, these are birds that require a lot of uh, feeding and and calories. Uh, So it's a lot of work, I think, to to, uh, raise even a couple of young. And uh, are they good family members? Do they, they stick together? Or is it pretty much once a junior is ready to go that he's kicked out of the nest? Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know exactly the movements, but they, again, I think eagles are pretty mobile. Uh, birds that nest in the south, even in Florida and, and here after the nesting season, which is, again, right now, will go north uh, and congregate with other uh, other birds. Uh, so you have a lot of movement. and. And they can fly uh, great distances. So, uh, you know, I think they'll they'll find their way eventually, but they're not necessarily going to stay where they were born. Uh, but that thing you said is the improving a nest. So, do they maybe would come back to the same nesting area each year, or, or over several years? That's been my experience. Um, I mean, there's a, a fellow I know over in by Eagle Lake, and actually had one of the first nests, active nests post DDT uh, around the early '80s or '85, and there's been a pair there. Uh, every year since then. So, uh, you know, they kind of have a a territory and maybe move around uh, as the nest gets blown down or whatever. But they, they, uh, you know, once you find them in good habitat, then then they may hang out there. Back to the phone lines we go. We start again in Kosciuszko. John has called in today. Good morning, John. Morning. Go ahead. Uh, Mr. Major talked about he had found a good lens to get bird in flight, and I wish he'd elaborate on the lens that he uses to get pictures of flying birds. Uh, good pictures of flying birds. That's a, almost a misnomer. <laughs> um, I, uh, you know, I was raised in, in the analog era and, and uh, had some older lenses, but I have friends who uh, have a lot better equipment, but I use a, a Sigma lens. It's actually uh, one of their sport lenses. It's a 50 to 500 millimeter, and it's uh, they make a 150 to 600 millimeter, and they're they're less expensive than some of the Nikon or Canon lenses. You can you can spend fifteen thousand dollars on a good lens, 
uh, but these are, you know, maybe a tenth of that. Um, but I like the Sigma. There are some lesser expensive lenses uh, by Tamron. Uh, but in, in today's era, there's there's a lot to choose from. Um, and there's some really good people out there. That, again, this Mississippi Wildlife and Nature Photographers Facebook page, I think, has wonderful folks on there. And they usually say what lens they used, what settings they had, uh, you know, how they took the picture. And so they're very helpful. And I would, uh, you know, if you're on Facebook or something, suggest going on there. Okay. Well, I thank you. All right. Thank you. Good to hear from you, John. Let's continue on. Uh, this is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. And up next, we've got Roger in Bogachita. Go ahead, Roger. Uh, thank you. I was wanted to see if you could identify a bird for me. A couple of months ago, I was driving down the road, and a bird swooped down in front of me and lit in a tree on the side of the road, and it was black with a white head and white tail feathers. I was just wondering if it could have been an eagle. Uh, there aren't many other things like that. The, uh, you know, if it was a large bird and, and bald eagles have a seven foot or so wingspan, they're, they're it's pretty large. That's the size of like a red tailed hawk or something like that. Yeah. The, uh, I mean, an eagle is, is considerably larger than a red tail. There are a lot of color variation in, in red tailed hawks, and you can actually find one that almost has a completely white head and a completely white tail, but it's a brown bird. Uh, so right. it's really the... This, this, this one was black. Yeah. White head and white tail. Uh, you know, all I can say is uh, there aren't many black birds with white heads and white tails that are big birds of prey. Um, I, I don't know if I can think of too many other ones uh, offhand. So. Well, do the eagles come in that color or are they... What, the white head and the white tail? Yeah, that, the adult eagle... Uh, after about four or five years, uh, that's when they acquire that full uh, white head and tail, the full adult plumage, and are essentially black uh, elsewhere on their body. So the golden eagle is, is a, you know, we get a few golden eagles in Mississippi in the winter, uh, but they're not going to have a white head and tail. All right, Roger, uh, thanks for that call, and I, I feel obligated to make my annual joke every time I hear golden eagles. There apparently are a bunch of them uh, down there in Hattiesburg. <laughs> okay, so uh, <laughs> let's quickly move on to the next call. We've got uh, Mike in Starkville. Good morning, Mike. Go ahead, please. Morning, guys. How are y'all? Good. Good. Hey, I was just passing through Jackson and listening to your program, <laughs> and i uh, been out of town for a few days. Uh, my neighbor called uh, last night, pretty uh, excited. Uh, in my pasture area, he's pretty sure he spotted an eagle uh, preying on uh, maybe a, a bird, another bird. He, he noticed some feathers flying, and then when he looked out there, he's he's pretty positive it was a bald eagle. Of course, we're not far from the Knoxby Refuge there, and I know there there's some out there. Uh, basically, my question is, if it if it is an eagle, um, are there any things I could do to enhance his habitat on, on my property or not, or just uh, just let him be? Uh, you could acquire, you know, 5,000 acres of mature forest or something. Uh, it, not enough. No, it's, it's uh, you know, I think eagles, again, are more widespread than, than certainly they were 15, 20 years ago or even 10 years ago. And so people are right. seeing them more and more. Uh, they do like, uh, you know, tall trees, tall, yeah. mature trees for nesting. Uh, you know, the greatest thing is uh, enjoy it and... Right. Uh, you know, try not to uh, let someone shoot it because we do have right. problems with 
unfortunately with bald eagles being shot uh, almost every year. There was a yeah a bird shot and and killed in in Columbus just a couple of weeks ago. Uh, yeah, I saw that. Yeah, I heard yeah. that. And uh, I travel quite a bit in uh, especially South Louisiana area, and I see them see them quite a bit through there. And uh, pretty fired up to get back and, and see if that's the case. Uh, I've had some geese. I've got a, a pond there. Had some geese that'll hang out in the pasture. I'm, I'm guessing they will. They will prey on even a bird as large as a goose, right? Yeah, I think they they would. Um, waterfowl, uh, particularly waterfowl that are maimed, uh, shot, you know, wing shot, or right. whatever, uh, they'll come in and get those. And a, a Canada goose is probably slow enough that an eagle could whack one pretty good. Right. Good. Good. All right, guys. Excited to get back and see if that's so. And uh, thanks for the info. Thank you. Good to hear from you, Mike. This is Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. We've got some open phone lines. If you have a pet question for Dr. Troy Major, or if you want to know more about a bald, bald eagles from our guest, Bruce Reed, who's the Outreach Specialist for Wildlife Mississippi. The phone number is one eight seven seven mpb ring It's one eight seven seven six seven two seven four six four. Send an email to animals at mpbonline.org. We'll continue on some phone lines. Uh, we've got uh, Mamie from Oklahoma on the line. Good morning. Go ahead, please. Good morning. Uh, I want to know how to, if there's any preventative measure to stop swallows from building mutt nests on my front porch and back porch. Uh, they, I take them down one day and they're up the next day. You're probably referring to barn swallows, um, and they need a, a ledge, I think, to build that that uh, nest. Yes. Um, you know, I've not done this myself, but I, I would almost think that if you kind of tacked up a screen material to prevent access to that ledge, uh, you know, with a staple gun and, and a sort of screen-like material that they wouldn't have that, that ledge on which to build their nest. So, I've, um, seen, I've seen one thing where the neighbor uh, actually took some, not full netting, but uh, some string uh, at angles across the porch and put reflectors on those hmm. and stopped the birds from nesting. Yeah. Something that, you know, you wouldn't want to block the entrance, but at the same time it uh, could be enough that the birds would go away. Yeah. I mean, if it, you know if they're unpleasant to you or you don't want them there, then... There are probably fairly easy ways to prevent them from being there, or, or you could just <laughs> enjoy them. All right, uh, maybe. Thanks for the call. Yeah, I think the bottom line there, if you make it a little bit unpleasant or harder to uh, to nest there, they'll they'll find some place that's a little bit easier on them to do it. Um, let me a uh, quick follow up before we go back to the phones. And that, you mentioned uh, the shooting bald eagles. And mm-hmm. um, first of all, I would imagine it is it. Illegal to shoot a bald eagle. Absolutely. Uh, it's a federal offense, and they probably get you from the state as well. But it's there are a couple of laws. Uh, as I said, the bald eagle was removed from the endangered species list uh, in 1995, I believe. But for a long time, we've had a couple of laws. One is the Migratory Bird Treaty Act, which protects all uh, non-game birds, uh, including bald and, and golden eagles, but there's also a bald and golden eagle protection act, uh, and the penalties can be pretty severe. Um, I was looking up; just I was curious. I was seeing lots of eagles being shot in Mississippi in uh, 2013 or so. There were you know four of them or something, uh, and they will prosecute people heavily and uh, take your hunting privileges away and uh, take your boat. Uh, so it's it's not something that uh, they're going to take very lightly and. Eagles, uh, for one, have a lot of 
fans, and I wouldn't think you'd get much sympathy uh, <laughs> from anyone. And and is it? I mean, we don't know, but speculating is it uh, sporting or accident, malice, uh, all of the above? Yeah, I think it's mainly malice. Um, I was telling someone the other day that uh, you know there a lot of the crime you see, uh, not violent crime, but guilty but mostly stupid. Uh, you know, just sort of ignorance of people who. Maybe they're a duck hunter, and unfortunately, they would give a lot of other duck hunters bad names because uh, for some reason they were mad at that bird or they just thought they would shoot something, and they do that with whooping cranes and all kinds of things. It's kind of because it's there, Mm -hmm. and, you know, they seize the opportunity. Hey, time for one final break this hour. When we get back, we're going to wrap things up. We've got some calls to get to on the phones. We've been visiting throughout this hour with Bruce Reed, who is the Outreach Specialist for Wildlife Mississippi. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. Back with more after this. You're a sustaining member of MPB Think Radio. We appreciate your support of our programs. To become a sustainer, go to mpbonline.org. This is an MPB Think Radio podcast. To hear previous shows, visit mpbonline.org or download the MPB Public Radio app to listen on your iPhone or Android phone on demand. Welcome back. You're listening to Creature Comforts on MPB Think Radio. I'm Kevin Farrell here with Dr. Troy Major, a veterinarian at the Animal Medical Center in Jackson. And our guest today, Bruce Reed, who is Outreach Specialist for Wildlife Mississippi. We've been talking about uh, bald eagles and uh, still some time left in the hour. A great picture we got uh, through email. Uh, someone found a, uh, or took a photo of a bald eagle perched atop a tall tree. It's from Browning Creek in Octibahaw County. So thanks for sending that along. Uh, let's head back to the phone lines. We'll start again in Mabin. Richard's on the line. Good morning, Richard. Go ahead, please. Hi. People need to... I just wanted to say that people need to be aware that they're putting human attributes on a wild creature. Whether it eats carrion or not is irrelevant. That's just the way it survives. And if they had to survive out in the wild with people shooting at them and this sort of stuff, I think they'd be eating a few things that they wouldn't normally take. <laughs> but, but to down a magnificent creature because of its dietary habits is, like I said, they're putting human attributes and value systems on a wild creature. And I think just I- not... I think Not people eat a lot of dead stuff as well. <laughs> yeah, and that's all I wanted to say. All right, thanks, Richard, for the call. You know, and that's one thing we've talked about on the show, and I I try to do it in a, in, a, in a funny way. But uh, I think you know, wildlife is out there. It's enjoy it, but give give those creatures their space and and let them be and just enjoy them from a distance. Absolutely, and I remember seeing a. Uh, TV broadcast of uh, this eagle nest in Lake Caroline in Madison County, and people would drive by. It was far enough away they could park on a public road, watch them with binoculars, but they were at a great distance or a good distance, 
and and it's important, particularly during the nesting time. So uh, not disturbing wildlife, but enjoying it from a distance is, is really important. But also, like this man was talking about, learning about, you know, what are, the, what are these birds, how do they live, uh, or any wildlife. And I think, by and large, there's, there's a lot of things that people don't understand uh, and maybe won't understand, but uh, we can always learn and enjoy uh, the animals uh, as, they, as they're doing what they're doing rather than what we think they should be doing. Very good. Uh, let's uh, continue on. Next, we're off to Hancock County. John's on the line. Good morning, John. Go ahead. Yes, uh, Roger called in earlier about a smaller species. I thought that might have been an osprey or a fish eagle. It looks like the bald eagle, but it's a smaller bird similar to the size of a hawk. Right. It's It's got a lot more white on it. Um, you know, beautiful bird that uh, is, is not quite as large. Um, but you're right, it, it has a lot of white uh, on its head and so forth, but it's a, it's a different appearance than a, a large, mainly black bird like the bald eagle. Did you have a question? Yeah. or? No, no, his call, he said the one he saw was black, but mm-hmm. I just thought that that, because they have the white head and the white tail feathers, and we have a lot of those along the, the Gulf Coast. I've never seen a, a bald eagle, but they're, they they build a large nest up in a tree like that also, and they they have the white white head and the tail, but they're more the size of a hawk. Right. Okay. No, that's a good point. Good call, John. Thanks for calling in this morning. Let's uh, continue on. Next, we've got uh, Robert in Calhoun County. Robert, you're on the air. Go ahead, please. Hi, this is Robert Stewart in Calhoun County. A few weeks ago, a friend of mine photographed two eagles in what he called aerial combat in eastern Chickasaw County. And some years ago, Walter Anderson painted a pair of eagles. I think it's on the community center wall in ocean springs he called it dalliance of the eagles could you comment on that behavior please um i've seen it myself and i think it's um primarily a courtship behavior um i would think and i'd have to kind of look it up specifically Uh, but i've actually seen it just in young birds and maybe they're practicing that courtship behavior it's pretty pretty striking to see uh, birds that are that big tumbling through the sky and right. oh, and so forth. Yeah. But, uh, you know, again, it's a a beautiful thing um, to witness and, and not real common to see. Thank you. All right. Thanks, Robert. Uh, let's go next to uh, Graham in Starkville. Good morning, Graham. Go ahead. Uh, good morning. I, I've wondered, I've just seemed to think I've noticed in the past 10 and 20 years that recently there are far fewer uh, red-tailed hawks uh, uh, sitting on power lines and fence posts along the highways, and I just wondered if uh, if they uh, uh, if their numbers are reducing. I I don't believe so. Um, I'd have to look at um, you know their ways of, of gauging those numbers, like at the Christmas bird counts throughout the state. Um, well, I just wondered. Yeah, it's it's. Um, I had I had the good fortune of having a, a number of years ago having a, a hawk in almost in my backyard on a, an enormous pine tree, but a, a storm blew it down, and they ne- I never saw them. Well, I did think I see it, saw them the following season, but uh, certainly missed them. It's a good way to keep your squirrels in check. <laughs> good to hear from you, Graham. Let's get one final call for this hour, and it goes to Dan, who's calling in from Tennessee. Good morning, Dan. Hey. Uh, I want to comment about the lady that had the birds nesting under her porch. Yes, go ahead. Uh, I have an old house that was built in 31, 1970, the family. Uh, 
the ceiling of the porch was painted blue. And I had no birds nesting on it. There's some ledges under there. I scraped the porch and painted so, uh, Dan, sorry, we're, we're uh, you're losing you on your cell there. So, uh, uh, if you could maybe give us a call back uh, next week, we're running a little bit out of time. Uh, Bruce got a couple of minutes left. Um, talk about uh, the the bald eagle as hunter. Uh, you mean what their their competency? Yeah, and and and, and I mean, I guess the eyesight must be very keen to to spot their prey. But uh, how do they go about uh, hunting? A variety of ways, really, based on the the their very opportunistic feeders. The you know the classic vision of an eagle uh, swooping along a, a large body of water, capturing a fish. Uh, but also, uh, you know, carry on is is pretty uh, regularly taken. Uh, waterfowl, you know, eagles are bald and golden eagles are very powerful birds, uh, able to fly pretty fast for a large bird. And strong enough that it could pretty much take down uh, most anything uh, from a you know a duck or a large catfish or a shad or something. So uh, I've seen studies of you know they'll eat turtles, they'll eat snakes, they'll eat uh, ducks, uh, small mammals. So they they really are very uh, resourceful in their diet and 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 what they'll eat. But uh, you know they 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 do have a preference for fish and. Uh, if you can see one hunting fish that way, then it's uh, pretty striking. Um, and also, you told us a little bit about uh, Wildlife Mississippi. Maybe if you could uh, spotlight uh, uh, maybe a, a project or two uh, ongoing uh, with Wildlife Mississippi here. Uh, here, uh, I was actually out yesterday in Capaya County uh, along the Bayou Pierre, a uh, really pretty stream with crews that were planting, uh, I think it's about 1,000 acres uh, hundreds of acres of, of uh, bottomland hardwood forest that was being replanted along Bayou Pierre uh, as part of a mitigation program that was, I think, James Cummins, uh, executive director, talked about with Continental Tire, uh, compensating for whatever wetlands and stream impacts they would have in that big plan in Hines County. Uh, but in Bayou Pierre, we're looking to protect the water quality of that stream. Uh, there's a, a endemic uh, endangered fish called the Bayou Darter there. I found nowhere else in the world, and it's a representative of the, trying to protect the water quality of uh, on a little South Mississippi stream. Uh, so they were out there uh, with 50 or so people planting uh, native hardwoods versus the loblolly pine that was there in a plantation that we, we took down. All right, very good. That's going to wrap us up for today. Creature Comforts is a production of Mississippi Public Broadcasting Think Radio. Funding provided in part by Wildlife Mississippi, a statewide organization celebrating its 20th year of conserving Mississippi's lands, waters, and wildlife. And from contributions from listeners like you. If you need to hear today's show or previous show, one way to find it is to go to mpbonline.org slash Creature Comforts. Our show is produced by Java Chapman, and our call screener today was Sharita Brent. So for Dr. Troy Major and our guest, Bruce Reed, I'm Kevin Farrell, inviting you to stay tuned. Up next at 10, it's MPB's Season Pass with Sam Wells. We'll be back next Thursday at 9 for another Creature Comforts. It's heard on MPB Think Radio.